0: Welcome to this podcast featuring Pastor Michael Lay, the Director of Operations of Behold Israel. Behold Israel provides biblical teachings through its tours, speaking events, and social media. It's also a reliable and accurate news source for developments in Israel, the Middle East, and the world. Connect with Behold Israel on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Telegram. And don't forget to download a free app available on Android and Apple under Behold Israel. And make sure to visit our website at beholdisrael.org. What an honor to be here with you today. How many of you just out of curiosity have been to our Behold Israel weekly prayer meeting on Zoom, I wanna see you keep your hands up. Oh my goodness, it's much more than I thought. These people holding up their hands are responsible for an incident-free speaking tour. You have no idea what happens when we do speaking tours. There are attacks from the devil. There are family issues that come up. There's team unity issues that have come up in the past, or outright people that sabotage or try to sabotage uh, the ministry. And so these people have been praying specifically, they've been praying for you, they've prayed for this church by name. You've been praying for each of our staff members here by name. Thank you for that. Uh, we are very honored to be here with you today. This is a miracle conference. Uh, we didn't know if it was going to work, and here we are. Uh, a lot of lot of story in the back background. I'll share with that maybe privately to some of you that ask later, but I was jumping off my airplane just a few days ago, and I shot into a taxi, and the guy was from Boston. He was from Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. How's it going there, you know? And uh, so I'm from Minnesota, and he says, yeah, where are you going? I'm going to the, I'm going to the hotel. He's like, yeah, I know where that is. And uh, he says, what do you do? Have you ever been in one of those situations where, as a believer, a non-believer, or somebody you don't know, asks about you, maybe about your faith, and you just don't know what to say? Because you may be thinking, here I am. I'm in the, the real world now. And I've just gone to a conference. The world doesn't believe what I believe. And have you ever had one of those short-circuit moments where somebody corners you and says, not only what you do, but what do you believe about? And maybe you don't know what to say. You don't know if the territory is safe. You don't know what's going to happen if you really share your view. Today, I'm going to be making a case because he asked me right after this, I said, "Hey, I'm a director of operations for a ministry that teaches biblical prophecy, end times events, tours to Israel, and Middle Eastern stuff." <laughs> he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. "Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, he might even be in the room." The Boston taxi driver. I don't know if you're. I invited you. If you're here, I don't know. And uh, I knew several benchmarks that I could shoot at him. And I knew the scriptures behind them. And my goal for this teaching is to insert into your tool belt the scriptures and proof that we are in the end times. And then I'm going to give you a little bonus at the end. I'm going to talk about where we're at in the prophetic timeline so you can plan on your rapture. (laughs) Just kidding. It's actually flight 777, and uh, I've got... I've got reservations. (laughs) We're going to put the gas. We'll come back to what the taxi driver said in a bit. But in 2020 alone, Australia faced one of its worst fire seasons in history, beginning in 2019. 47 million acres were destroyed, riveting the world, killed at least 34. Researchers say that natural habitats killed where the fire killed the natural habitats of a billion animals. President Trump was impeached unsuccessfully and even again later on, there was a U.S. airstrike in January 3rd that killed top Iranian General Qassem Soleimani and others at the Baghdad International Airport. And uh, there was also Kobe Bryant's funeral service in Los Angeles, where Harvey Weinstein was convicted of rape sexual assault in New York. How many others that came out of that whole thing? COVID-19, remember COVID-19. We're in 21. Wait for COVID, 22, 23, 24, 25. (laughs) I had the, shall we say privileged front row seat to the george floyd incident that occurred i remember the wcco localists these are liberal commentators on tv and they're down there they have a microphone yes here i am down here and there's a fire going on there's people looting the target yeah i've never seen anything like this now uh, are police coming is there a fire department coming no they're they're all too scared to show up down here this is pure lawlessness at its best Pure lawlessness at its best. The liberal commentators, folks, we've never we've never seen anything like this before. I, I don't know what to think. I mean the police aren't responding, the fire department's not four days straight. Finally the National Guard came in and took care of business. Turkey, has, Turkey, Russia, and Iran have been expanding in the area. If you're not on Amir's telegram, you need to be, because that is situational awareness. That is boots on the ground updates for that situation. This is 2020. And then in 2020, the Arabs, some of the Arab countries in the peninsula, of the Arab peninsula made peace with Israel. Yeah. I was there with Amir on January 6th of 2021 at the capital and we saw what actually happened. We weren't there at the Capitol. We did not enter the Capitol. We did not participate in jumping through windows. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We witnessed. We also witnessed this year the ex-Minnesota police officer Derek Chauvin being incarcerated, and we have now the Delta variant, and the list goes on and on and on. (sighs) What do you say to the taxi driver who asks you the question? You're a prophecy ministry? Wow, that sounds really funky. (laughs) Are you one of those conspiracy theorists? I I know that when you have a non-believing friend, I know that some of you are viewed as kooks. I know that some of your relatives, when you're showing up for a Christmas holiday party, you might get a word from Aunt Eunice from, from Iowa that says, now, you t- keep, it, keep it toned down. My, my, my gay nephew, um, Ray, doesn't want to hear about your stuff, okay? I'm just making this up, okay? If it hits close to home, we all have people. <laughs> Thanksgiving comes around, and, 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 and they know you're showing up. And, and somebody may have the schmats to say, what proved to me that we're in the end times? Don't send me a YouTube video. Don't, just don't. I want to hear it straight, and I want to hear the scripture. As he said, I'm also in the Air Force, and a lot of the privilege that I have is to meet with airmen, talk about the situation that we're in, and even lead certain forums. I had the privilege to lead the so-called uh, extremism stand-down day after the Capitol riots because the concern of the Secretary of Defense is that can we trust our military to execute the duties if there is an actual attack on the Capitol or on the nation? Can the military be trusted? Because we had certain military personnel there and veterans that were up at the Capitol. Not many. And so we have this extremism stand-down day where we take a day and we look at what is expected of us, and I knew then that I needed to lead that, otherwise it could go in a very bad direction. So I led this actual forum. I had several airmen and a few civilians with me, and the question they asked me, chaplain, the government wants to know that we swear an oath to our office, and if that still stands... But what if the oath of office that we swore to on the Constitution, what if that Constitution and the interpretation of the Constitution changes? Do I then move over to the new version and swear oath to that? They were smart. What if the conclusion I came up with is you either play the game or you get out? Right now, I'm still in. It's working out. It's no problem. But this is where we are going as a nation. And if somebody cornered you and said, prove to me that we're in the end times, if an Air Force person said so, if some cab driver asked you to do it, if Aunt Eunice asked you to do it at Christmas, or somebody else at Thanksgiving, what would you say? Well, you've been getting emails as well as I have. And the case that people are making is that We've always had end times like stuff going on. For example, did you receive this email if you were born in 1900? Did you get that? Did you get that if you were born in 1900? I'll read it to you. If you were born in 1900 on your 14th birthday, World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday. 22 million people perish in that war later that year. The Spanish flu epidemic ha- hits the planet and runs until your 20th birthday. 50 million people die from it in those two years. Yes, 50 million people. This is, I've checked the fact checks on this stuff. So this is an email that actually does have facts. On your 29th birthday, if you're born in 1900, the Great Depression begins, unemployment hits 25%, the world GDP drops 27%, that runs until you're 33 years old. The country nearly collapses along with the world economy, if you were born in 1900. See, what some of the skeptics are saying is that, hey, these end-time scenarios have been around forever and it's been much worse in the past than it is in the future. When you turn 39, World War II starts. You aren't even over the hill yet. You don't even try to catch your breath on your 41st birthday. United States is fully pulled into World War II. Between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million people perish in the war. That's the World War II smallpox was an epidemic until you were in your 40s as it killed 300 million people during your lifetime at 50 the korean war starts 5 billion 5 million perish from your birth until you're 55 you dealt with fear polio epidemics each summer you experience friends and family contracting polio and being paralyzed and or dying many of us know people in that generation at 55 vietnam war breaks out doesn't end for 20 years. Four, four million people perished in that conflict during the Cold War. You live each day with fear of nuclear annihilation. On your 62nd birthday, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis, a tipping point in the Cold War. Life on your planet as we know it almost ended. When you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. And the email concludes. The taxi driver asks me, that we're in the end times. (laughs) I'm going to walk you through a list. If we're in the end times, there's a formula that I'm going to give you to test whether in fact we are in the end times biblically. I'm also going to be quoting what some of the early church fathers said about the end times, and I'm going to be equipping you biblically, and extra biblically around the time of the first and second century. Fair? When you walk away from this room today, taking what you've uh, what you've garnered so far, I'm going to be able to sit you down in a taxi car driver with a Boston guy, and you're going to be able to tell him specifically why we're in the end times, despite the fact of the email that went out that talks about the 1900s birth. It's much, much worse than you realize. Are we really in the end times is the question. Well, let's look at several tests. And if you're taking notes, make sure that you put this on a paper that you can tear out and put it into your pocket. This isn't new. It's been around for thousands of years. And we're going to equip you. First, if we're in the end times, we have to pass the character rot test. Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Paul says to Timothy, know this. In the last days, last days, in the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, and blasphemers. The next few words in Greek have the word a in front of it, which means non- it means that they're, they're, they're non-obedient to their parents. It means that they're non-thankful, non-holy, non-loving, not forgiving. I'm never going to forgive that person for what they did to me. As far as I'm concerned, they're going to rot in hell for the rest of their life. You ever heard somebody say that? <laughs> Maybe you've said that. <laughs> yeah? Slanderers. The word for slander is diaboloi. Diabolical. In other words, people that lie and emit false media, false teaching, or present themselves as one thing and, and, and they're really something else, that's slander. Politicians are involved in diabolical activity. Would it be be extreme for me to say that some politicians are actually driven in their minds and in their actions and their reactions by the devil himself, and they don't even know it? Without self-control, brutal, it means literally untamed, wild, like beasts. The opposite of civilized, despisers of good. And then the next two say pro in Greek, which means they want to. They want to promote traitors. They want to be traitors. They want to actually betray. They actually get a thrill of betrayal. Headstrong. Haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Why do you think the abortion industry is so popular? It's because... It gives people an out of the responsibility, morally and practically, for the living of self. Now, I know that this list is something that we all, and we're not even done, having a haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Now, let me frame this, because this is the first test, and probably one of the longest ones, because we see it so clearly. But you could say that growing up in the 1900s, you could see a lot of this as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to take these benchmarks, we're going to do dipstick readings in all of the engine blocks, and we're going to conclude that we are, in fact, in the end times. We're going to hear from the church fathers as well, and you're going to make up your own mind. Hopefully you'll have this in your pocket where you can pull it out for Eunice, it at your next Christmas party, and you can have juicy conversations, okay? The world, as defined by our previous speakers, has taken a shift, okay? Right now, every one of us that looks at this list can say, hopefully you can say, that you have participated in some of this because you're a sinner, the difference between you and a lot of the people that we spend time with, the non-believers, is that you have said yes and have received the precious gift of salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he rescued you and put you in a different status and he continues to hone you and to make you more like him. I wouldn't want, and I know you wouldn't want, to become conceited, arrogant, or isolate from the world and have a holy club of the prophecy community so that you get into a taxi one day and you don't know what to say. In this case, I want you to be able to say, it's funny you asked me that question, taxi driver. Here are three things of eight that I want to give you because we don't have time for eight. And the first one is the character rot test. I actually have people read this. And I actually have them read it out loud. And I have non-believers look at me and go, wow, the Bible actually says that. Well, I say you read it. Right now, they'll accuse you of saying, well, you know, the wall that Trump built was non-Christian. It blocked people. Aren't we a Christian nation? We should let everyone in. In other words, people are trying to fool you into treating the country like the church. And then they want to treat the current church like a country. They're changing the rules. No longer am I swearing to a constitution. I'm swearing to an interpretation of a constitution so they can use me as a pawn for their sick agenda. Do you see what's going on? And they're making it look godly. Oh, look at all these people. They deserve a place. Hey, how can you say that? You're a pastor. You're a Christian. Shouldn't everybody be welcomed in the country? And they forgot Romans 13, that law and order must exist with any civilized society. All right? But this list is what we have going on right now. So take note to the second one, the apostasy test. Now, the Spirit expressly says, this is 1 Timothy 4, that in the latter times the latter times, some will depart from the faith, not all, not you. You're here, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Is it not a doctrine of demon to deny that Jesus is, in fact, God? Is it not a doctrine of demons to deny that hell exists because then people have this drunken spirituality walking around completely immune to all of what's going on, unaware, it's the ultimate deception. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. There's no way to make this work unless you sear your conscience with a hot iron and overly say to yourself, I am not going to believe the truth. Instead, I'm going to believe the lie. In the Air Force, we had a guy that would lead worship every Sunday in the chapel. And he divorced his wife, and I called him. I said, what's this? You're divorcing your wife. He said, yeah, I'm gay. I said, oh, we need to meet. He met with me. He had lunch with me, and he looked at me and said, I've been gay for a long time. I was molested by family members multiple times and i could never ever negotiate with my past wounds and so i'm giving into it mike and i know i know that's not what you believe in and i know that probably god doesn't either but i have to choose this path and i said you know for you to say this to me is a credit because i i'm glad that you feel safe to be able to talk to me about this and we talked about he said i've tried to change i can't and I'm just giving into it. The world will enable anything, and it'll use grace, it'll use mercy as its flag, but it does not have the power. They'll deny the power. Instead, they'll say, just continue down that track of sin, and we'll support you. And what they don't tell you is, it's a lifestyle of depression, fear, anxiety, Whenever they go out, they feel like they're being watched. That's what many of them told me. But I love the fact that they can come back to Mike Golay, the chaplain, the director, and spill the beans of their struggles, and they can get prayer. Whether they receive Jesus in power, that is my prayer. But you're going to have holidays where people are going to think you're a kook. What are you going to do? Do you have the hit list? And do you have the scripture to walk somebody through graciously and articulate where we are in the prophetic timeline? I hope you can. The apostasy test. We're seeing not just the church move away from truth and reason. We also know from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that there will be a massive apostasy from the truth itself and reason itself when the Antichrist comes. Irenaeus, who was one of the church fathers that lived in the mid-100s, he wrote a book called Against Heresies. Against Heresies in book number five, you can read all throughout that book. There are many chapters. He talks about the end times. He talks about how things in the very latter days will increase and spike like a J-curve. And he says the nations at large will join together in their festive unity of evil and they will sear their conscience and he quotes multiple passages from the bible he talks about the antichrist he talks about the tribulation period he talks about a lawlessness leading up to that point and how the church itself will exchange the truth for the lie so they can remain relevant and popular within the society at large it's shocking to read Irenaeus 150 ish a.d. He was the disciple of Polycarp, who was the disciple of John. That's pretty close, okay? Two generations. He was pre-millennial. He was pre-tribulational. Proof of that is, in Book 5, Chapter 29, in Section 1, you can see what he wrote about that. I want you to know these things. you got to know these things. He predicted that the church and the world would defect from reason, sensibility, and truth, and call evil good and good evil. Just as Pastor Barry illustrated in the book of Romans with some of the passages of scripture that he threw up. Be prepared for more apostasy. Be prepared for your friends that used to go to church say, hey, I no longer believe that, or I'm having doubts, or I'm having a crisis of faith. How many of you have heard recently of somebody close to you that is having, quote, a crisis of faith or questioning God? Just out of curiosity, how many of you in the room? So there's several of us. You're going to see a lot more of that. Third, the lawlessness test. Look at these pictures. I have a friend named Drew Hernandez. He's on Fox News frequently, on C- Tucker Carlson, and he gets footage and takes videos and pictures. He did it for all of the riots throughout the summer of last year, and he continues. He's Hispanic, so he doesn't fit the narrative. They don't like to interview him on CNN or CNBC because he 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 doesn't. They don't want to listen to him because he's preaching the Bible. Used to be a youth pastor in Calvary Chapel in SoCal. Look what this says in 2 Thessalonians 2. Paul says, Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things Paul is saying to, Tim, to uh, the Thessalonians in his Jewish accent. Can you imagine? We talked about the pre-tribulation Rapture. yo, <laughs> You forgot. <laughs> oy, 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 you, you, are you thick in the head or what? <laughs> I told you these things. They thought they were in the tribulation period. They were wrong. They had false teachers everywhere. And he says, and you know what is now restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. In fact, the early church believed that would be an increase of lawlessness right close to the crescendo right before the tribulation. Jesus even says it in Matthew 24. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Imagine this. You, You see what he's saying? He's saying there's going to be a spirit of lawlessness that's going to increase, 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 and there's something holding it back. It's like all this pressure. It's all this water on this big dam holding back this huge river. And all of a sudden, one day, boom, the the dam is taken out of the way. whoosh. There will be a flood. The Antichrist will milk it for all it's worth. There will be a time of Jacob's trouble. They call it the tribulation period in the first century, a tribulation that's never been seen before by a human eye. Irenaeus against heresies, book 5, chapter 29, uh, section 1 at the very end. He says it specifically. He actually says the church is going to be rescued from it. Because we'll be taken out of the way. Take it from Irenaeus, not me. The guy lived in the 100s AD. That's pretty good if you ask me. I'm just a white 52-year-old male that's a homophobe, a xenophobe, and whatever else you want to call me. All right? Pretty good. But imagine you're on your third benchmark. I hope you're writing these passages down because what you're going to do is you're going to take them to your non-believing friend. You're going to say, read this out loud. We have financial fraud. We have a financial system building right now, which will become a platform that will enable anything in the tribulation. We have Antifa, we have BLM, we have the riots around the world. Forget the United States, forget that. That's entry level. Go to South Africa. This is entry level here. This is like like protest 101, okay? (laughs) In South Africa, they're like, protest for professionals, 401. Okay? Look into this. Drew Hernandez, our friend, would say, he's never seen the level of lawlessness worldwide to the point where we have it right now, where people are able to get away with murder. Getting away with murder! And the... The church indwelt by the Spirit of God makes us care about things that in our flesh we would never care about. And it also, the Spirit of God also gives us conviction to not do things that would destroy us. And so we call this the Spirit of God in the church in the levels of finance, of education, of military of community, the, the believers are scattered all over in every industry, the airline industry. everywhere you're going to find belie- in politics there are, there's politicians here that are believers fighting for the gospel right here, right over here. right over here, right there. CC <laughs> Truman, thank you. They're fighting and holding back lawlessness. Let's say you take Pilots, military people, financial people, educators, community people, all these people right now that have a restraining force and influence in society in shaping culture or holding back evil. Imagine taking that out of the equation and then give the world what they really want. This is entry level. That's one of the signs, scoffer test. Put these pictures up there. <laughs> <laughs> you believe in the rapture? <laughs> That's funny. You believe Jesus is the only way to God, and all the other religious systems are wrong. Well, how arrogant are you? You believe that Jesus is going to come back a second time? Ha! <laughs> no, no. Well, Second Peter chapter three. Since it's a long one on the slide, beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, that which they said they should be doing, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first. Scoffers will come in the last days, Pastor Barry talked about that, like the days of Noah, we're living in those days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, (laughs) Where is the promise of his coming? We've been waiting. Hello. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Hey guys. Don't you want to join the progress of bandwagon? We've been waiting forever. He's not coming. For this, they will willingly forget, watch this, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire, fire. Would Would you rather be destroyed by a deluge and drown? Or would you rather be struck down by fire until the judgment, day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men? <sighs> I've had people look at me in my face and mock me. I was uh, used as a shop broom and they swept the floor with me. Yeah, it actually happened when I worked at Burns... I worked at a place called Volkswagen. I like Volkswagens. I drive Volkswagens. But one of the employees was a scoffer, and he grabbed me, and he tied me up, and he swept the floor with me. Yeah. Although I will say it was an honor to suffer for Jesus. I've had a gun to my head. I have been beat up. I've been spit on. By the way, that guy had bad breath. You could smell it in the spit. Anyway... (laughs) Hey, it's the afternoon, I gotta keep you awake. <laughs> people 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 view the gospel as a joke and the second coming in the church even as a joke. And we're there. We there we were in Toronto, Canada, and a guy got in. You remember this, Amir? He started preaching that there was no rapture, this is just the result of Darby, a theologian in the late 1800s. And he tried to hijack the entire room, and we escorted him out. You know what he said to me? He smiled and said, thank you for the forum. (laughs) Dial 1-800, I think I'm crazy, yeah? So he left, then Pastor Jack Hibbs got up and talked about the rapture and why it's biblical. It was perfect. It was so perfect that people even said, did you guys plant that guy to create drama? It, it, that, was, that was genius. I'm like, no, but that, maybe we should do that. <laughs> anyway, you will be, and this will get worse, scoffed at by family and friends. But if you, if you, if you say, hey, you know, before, before you do that and judge me, would you be willing to read a passage of scripture out loud? Just, 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 just entertain me. Read this passage. You will be surprised when you get a non-believer or a scoffer to read the Bible, something weird happens. The Spirit of God starts to do His work, and you can see them like, no, Well, <laughs> <laughs> they short-circuit. <clears throat> This is very powerful. Let the Word of God do the heavy lifting. Now, you're, you're with me now, but I'm going to give you an assignment at the end, and you're not going to like this assignment. Trust me. Five. The assembly of a one-world government test. In, in Psalm chapter 2, written many, many moons ago, Look what it says. Why do the nations rage? They're raging even in the day this was written. And the people plot a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. There has always been in human history, this human urge, the flesh of man, the best of man to make a great name for themselves, resistant of God because they don't want accountability. They don't want a moral structure. They don't want an ethical structure outside of what they invent for themselves. This is as old as dirt. Little do they know, it is a fast track, it is a greased track pulled down to hell and all kinds of other issues. Alexander the Great conquers the known world in the 300s. And there's nothing more for him to conquer. He wanted a one-world government under the un- unbelievably great government of Greece where people would come and they'd have amphitheaters, they'd speak the same language, eat all this wonderful cuisine, and they would pay tribute to the emperor and to all of the great culture of the Greeks. And he ended up drinking himself into a stupor He was an alcoholic because he had nothing left to conquer in his 30s. Augustus Caesar, many years later, a Roman conquered the territory from Spain into France to Italy, England, Rome, to Turkey, all of Europe, but he could not hold it together. It started to fray from the inside out. It rotted because they did not have clear moral and ethical structures that were enforced and the people doing. Adolf Hitler, many years later, I could make a society that's perfect. He promised a 1,000-year reign for the Third Reich, but he only lasted 12 years. Get your Bibles open. I want you to see this. I'm not going to throw this on the screen. I'm going to do what I said I do to my non-believing friends. I want you to read this. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. (sighs) Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. As you make your way there, this is the first attempt of a one-world order. The very first attempt. Okay? The whole earth had one language and one speech. Google Maps was the name of the game, and Google Translated works. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I use those things just so you know. It's not okay. But this is what we want, the one world. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and dwelt there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone. They had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city, a whose top is in the heavens let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth verse five Can you imagine this what's that uh, what's that down there? Is there something i gotta get closer God looks down. God came down (laughs) to see the city. Oh, isn't it cute? Nice effort. (laughs) And the tower which the sons of men had built, and the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one. They all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confused their language that's the trinity of god the father son and the holy spirit smashed the first one world government that they may not understand another speech so the lord scattered them abroad from there all over the face of ironically that was their their worst fear and they ceased building the city therefore its name is called babel because there the lord confused the language of all the earth the word in hebrew babel means confusion lebalbel is to confuse Because there the Lord caused confusion, and from there the Lord scattered them all over. Did you know that Babel or Babel became a metaphor throughout history in the Bible and even in the New Testament? Babylon, the actual city, the method that they would use is they'd conquer a people group, they would bring them into exile, and they would get confused. Am I a Babylonian? Am I this country? Oh, who cares? I speak a new language, and I have nice food now, and uh, that's the past. My past identity is no longer relevant to the new world order which I'm a part of, which feels better. It feels like progress. Babel or Babylon, is kind of the new system uh, that's being executed in the end times to, could be religion, could be government could be anything. We did a video on this and the Catholic church is selling their souls out and they're now dissipating globalist mentalities. The people of the earth want to be one and they're going to confuse things. They're going to confuse sexuality. They're going to confuse right from wrong in politics. They're going to confuse borders. They're going to confuse everything and it'll be upside down and they'll actually brag about it. Now friends, the one world government is something we specifically put a finger on with Pastor Jimmy with the monetary units coming. You can expect a whole lot more, but like Pastor Jimmy said, we were all up at arms when the internet first came out. Now we use it for the gospel and the devil uses it for evil. The global economy and currencies have been used for evil, but we use them for good. In fact, the monetary units that you and I use, we use to fund ministries. There's communication networks. I use an Apple iPhone that's brought the world together more than any other device and it has a gay CEO. Does that mean that I'm endorsing all this? No, it means I surf off of the things that are in this world for the sake of the gospel so that I can make impact. I do exactly what Paul did in, the, in his days. We have to be careful as Pastor Jimmy said. Don't jump on the bandwagon and label something bad because you're going to find yourself in a cave. You're not going to be wearing any clothing. You can't drive any car. You can't use a cell phone. You can't even drink certain brands of water. You're going to live there in a cave with your own home. And and we need to use and exploit the world against itself. And we need to preach the gospel in every vehicle, in every opportunity, as much as possible within the given climate that we live in. In 1935... A New World Order symbol appeared in the back of the U.S. dollar bill. 1940, H.G. Wells publishes a book, The New World Order. The U.N. is founded in 1945. The League of Nations, it was before that. NATO was established in 1949. The Trilateral Commission is established in 1973, 1995. The World Trade Organization's formed. We talked about the FDA-approved Verichip. That was back in 2002. I mean, that's like archaic. 2019, countries around the world have increased facial recognition, surveillance, email, text, phone monitoring, geolocation data and smartphones vehicles now have gps they've been around for a while credit card data tracking information the world knows everything about you already and where you go and what your interests are i want to use it against them for the sake of the gospel and win my aunt eunice at christmas (laughs) that's what i want to do you say hey you know i'm not convinced we've always had this kind of stuff Now I want to thrust a truth knife into your front. At least I'm doing it in front, not stabbing in the back, okay? Go to the next point. This is why you came today. Number six. Behold Israel. No one thought it it could ever happen the Jews that everyone tried to snuff out from the face of the earth, thousands of years, got their country back. They were coming back in the late 1800s. They were coming back through the early 1900s. And in 1948, they declared independence. Amir just spoke in a church in Arizona where the pastor, his ancestor, is the Ben Yehuda who brought back the Hebrew language in spoken form. Oh, yeah. In Ezekiel, look at these pictures. Go back. Immigration to Israel is still on the increase. It never dropped. It's still increasing. If we believe Ezekiel, look at this. The Lord says, surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations. Not only from Babylon, the nations wherever they've gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them to their own land. If you follow up on Ezekiel, talks about him putting his spirit in his people. Did you know that every single year that Israel has been in existence in its rebirth in 1948, the body of Jesus within Israel, Jews coming to faith in Jesus, is on the increase as well, which is precisely what you'd expect if the prophecy was truly for today. I hope you're taking notes, because this is what you're going to say to Aunt Eunice at Christmas. Or the the Boston taxi car driver. You know what I'm saying? Driving the (laughs) car. The coalition of Russia. See, we've talked about this, so I'm just kind of touching on them. For the case, these are benchmarks. These are tests. If we're in fact in the end times, you should see all of this, and we do. Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, in the last year, we have seen Bahrain, other countries, United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, And others lining up, even under this government in the United States. Even under the Israeli government. Because they know that Iran, Turkey, and Russia pose a greater tactical threat to them than if they were not with a brother that they actually had a relationship with. Intel, military, economics the benefits are more and that's why in Ezekiel I never figured this out until last year when these countries had peace in the Abraham accords with Israel I never thought I would be alive to see the day that that was fulfilled it was shocking and I still have to pinch myself that it's actually real look what it says in uh in uh the next point here the Sheba and Dedan test this is what I'm talking about Sheba Dinan, the, the merchants of Tarshish and their young lions will say to you, have you come to take plunder? They're critical of Russia and Turkey and Iran. They're critical. In, in the Arab world, they would say something like, why have you gone to do this? You are very not peace. We all must uh, criticize you. And the, the, other people are criticizing this invasion that's predicted by Russia, Iran, and Turkey. Have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered an army to take booty, carry away silver and gold and to take away livestock and goods to take great plunder? They look at the resources of Israel. Israel found mines and mines, crops of natural gas. They are leaders in dairy. They are leaders in biotech. They are leaders in the medical industry. I dare you to go look at your medicine cabinet and see if there isn't something made in a pharmaceutical company or at least partnership in Israel. You'd expect to see that, because that's what the prophecy predicts. We have given you several benchmarks. Where are we at in the prophetic timeline? Here's where we're at. With laser accuracy, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, he predicts the exact time of the first coming of Jesus. The decree that went out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem was 445 B.C. And if you calculate his calculations in Daniel, that's 173,880 days From the decree of of Artaxerxes Longamanus to the first coming, it puts us to the triumphal entry, the Passover week of Jesus. And I show this to rabbi friends. There must be some mistake. It's a Christian interpretation. (laughs) Read it again. There must be some mistake. No, there's no mistake. Seventy sevens, Daniel, are determined for the Jewish people in Jerusalem to end sin and trespass, to make a atonement for the sins and to erect the most holy and to usher in righteousness. Only 69 weeks until the first coming. That means one last week is out there. Now, I'm going to end with this homework assignment. I quoted Irenaeus in the Against Heresies that he was confronting people teaching false things about the end times. Book five, Against Heresies, you can read it. It's online. The Shepherd of Hermas, which was an allegory written in the mid-100s, also talks about, in chapter two, the Shepherd of Hermas, It says, Lo, a virgin meets me adorned as if she were proceeding from the bridal chamber. I knew from my former visions. This is a church father writing this. It's not in the Bible. I knew from my former visions that this was the church. And then, you have escaped from the great tribulation on account of your faith. Says it right there, Shepherd of 150 AD. And because you did not doubt in the presence of such a beast, go therefore and tell the elect of the Lord, his mighty deeds, and say to them that this beast is a type of the great tribulation. He's talking about this vision about the end times and how all of these markers, apostasy, lawlessness, scoffers, tell it, the, the one world government changing the truth for the lie. It's talking about this, chapter 2, shepherd of Hermas. And it's shocking that the first century church, the second century church, had rock-solid theology, and you compare that to the church worldwide today, it's absolutely embarrassing. You want to know what your assignment is? I want you to write down a name of a non-believing friend or family member, and I want you to write it down right now. Oh boy, what is he going to do? See, I'm not a pastor, so I can come and speak and bolt, and then there's no way you can hate me. I was a pastor you that name that you put there I believe God is working on now here's your assignment I want you sometime today or at least by tomorrow I want you to reach out to this non-believing friend or family member and I want you to say I was thinking about you this weekend I always wondered where you're at in your relationship with God or do you even have a faith." get him talking. You have now a list of things you can say, I want to get your opinion on a few things that I went to at a conference this weekend. I just want your opinion. This crazy guy got up on stage and talked about this stuff. I want you to read some scriptures with me. Would you be willing to do that and see what God does? See what he does. Folks, if every single person did that in this room, we would reach hundreds, if not thousands of people. If you're watching online, if you have a name, put it down, reach out to that person. Say, hey, I was thinking about you this weekend. I was wondering where you're at with your faith. I believe we're in the end times. I want you just to look at some scriptures and see what you say for yourself. And see what they say. Let's all stand. I'm going to close this session with a challenge. Lord, as we gear up and get ready for the next and final talk, we realize that there's a lot at stake in these end times. None of us wants to see a dear loved one perish if, it, if we have anything to do about it. Maybe you got a son or a daughter or a grandson or daughter. Maybe you have an aunt or uncle. Maybe you are an aunt or uncle to somebody else. And you have a name. What are you going to do? If you believe we're in the end times and they don't have Jesus... You don't know where they stand in faith? I don't know, man. If you don't have the... you got to find a way to reach them, friend. This is it. We're here. The time is ticking. We don't want to be raptured while a loved one did not hear from you. Lord, give each one of us courage. Give each one of us wisdom to know how to present this. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast featuring Pastor Mike Golay, the Director of Operations of Behold Israel. Connect with Behold Israel on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Telegram. Download our free app available on Android and Apple under Behold Israel. And don't forget to visit our website, BeholdIsrael.org.